Welcome to a new episode of Fish On, the podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Reed, and I know absolutely nothing about fishing. So, let's get started. On today's episode, our featured interview is Dan Davies, and he's the owner of Big Sky Flies and Jigs, a Canadian manufacturing company based in Alberta, Canada. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me. So let's just start off with the uh, the current situation going on. What's it like for you during the pandemic? It's it's uh, it's real busy around the shop. Actually, everyone's got lots of time. They want to call and talk fishing and talk jigs, and it's been uh, it's almost been chaotic for us during the pandemic. It's been yeah, it's been actually it's been sort of enjoyable to talk to everybody because everyone's sitting at home fishing. <laughs> so so would you say it's affected you at all? Um, yeah, yeah, it'll affect us and in a couple months. It'll affect us. Our store sales will really drop with everything closing down. But, uh, I think, uh, bigger picture, that's the least we can worry about. And in my opinion, I'm more, uh, keep everybody healthy and safe is sort of what, what we, we stand by. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and what about Alberta? Like I know in Ontario, they're, they're saying now that, uh, the May 2-4, uh, is look, looking good to open up. Is that the same out there? Yeah, so May 14th, it sounds like most stuff in Alberta is going to open up. Um, that being said, yeah. Yeah, it looks really, really good, actually. So it's we've sort of slowed down. We're flattening out. Um, the news says that we're getting healthier in Alberta. So that's, uh, that's awesome. So hopefully we can all get out there and enjoy the weather. Healthy enough to fish. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right, so let's, let's just go back in time here and tell me a little bit about how you started got started in the jig manufacturing business because it's, it's not something where you take an educational study in grade eight and have a checkbox, you know? So uh, tell us about your beginnings. Yeah. So from a young, young age, I, uh, I really love fishing. It sort of kept me out of trouble through all my younger years. And I decided when I went to started working right out of high school, I, uh, I still fished as much as I could. You know, I went from high school to construction right away and then got into the oil field, and then, you know, five years into that, I realized this is, it's a bit of a roller coaster effect here, so, and, um, uh, you know, just made decisions what we need to do, so what we did is, uh, Alicia decided that I was allowed to take a year off of work when I got laid off, so I took, um, in 2013, I got laid off, so I decided to take a year off and go fishing, and at the end of that year, she sat me down and said, you have an option. Either you go back to work or you do something with this. So I said, you're giving me an option to do something. <laughs> Hold on. Now this is talking good. <laughs> so she puts a $100 bill on the table and says, there's your budget. Build a business or go back to work. Challenge accepted. Wow. Eh? So, yeah, we, um, you know, real quick, we started with the, we were in the fly industry really fast, really hard. And then, you know, in Southern Alberta, a lot of our reservoirs have sort of died off in the last four years for our stocked reservoirs for trout. So we've, um, we sort of, uh, um, moved into the walleye world out of requests from customers. So we ended up, uh, uh, teaming up with a couple other companies and sort of learning the trade and, um, it, it actually worked really well because we got to learn a little bit of the, you know, the behind the scenes secret stuff that you never really see the whole, you know, how you do certain things, the proprietary stuff. Yeah. And now we're sitting, you know, we're, um, 
we do everything now. We, we went from just regular single tone to we have some of the fanciest jigs on the market and we can do anything you can imagine. We can just about put on a jig by hand now. And uh, yeah, we've sort of just keep evolving. You know, now we're evolving into the, the walleye harnesses and uh, we're teaming up with other companies, you know, for, for tubes and plastics and just really trying to become that, um, trying to bring things back to Canada is what we're really trying to do to try and be more, a little more self-sufficient. And um, it's cool. We get to employ uh, some youth in the city. So that was sort of a really neat thing is um, every summer we hire a couple of youth to come and, you know, they'll tie harnesses or, you know, do all the, do the safe stuff. So it's a little way to give back. So it's overall, it's been a really cool experience. Wow. So with that hundred dollars, uh, you really, you really took it to the bank. Yeah, we, uh, we turned a hundred dollars into, we did a quarter million jigs last year, one at a time. So, um, <laughs> it's a lot of pouring, it's a lot of painting, but it's, uh, it's got to the point now where, you know, uh, we can make a living off it and it's, we have a lot of great supporters. And one of the biggest things I've said, you know, from our very first order to, to now it's, you know, any order, whether you're a little guy or the huge tournament guy, I'll always take time out of my day to talk, have that conversation, learn a little bit about you. You learn a little bit about us and, uh, you know, we evolve together. We have some of our, our very first customers are still diehard Big Sky today, five years later. Oh, I was going to ask you that. How long has this business been up? Five years? Yeah, so we've been in business five years, um, four years with jigs. So it's a five years old. And yeah, it's been been a roller coaster. We've had ups and downs like everywhere, but of course. my learning lessons haven't been too detrimental. I, uh, I rely on a lot of good friends and family and, and people around me to, for experience and knowledge and, and listen, I guess that's the big thing. And, and you've got a pretty large uh, distribution network because I clicked on um, your location to find out where you were and I got this map of Canada <laughs> and it had all these locations where I could get your stuff. Yeah, we're on, and that, yeah, on our website, we up that, we have to update that again, but we're in 38 different locations right across Canada and the northern U.S. That's wild. So, and we've, um, it, it, we sort of have a cool concept. We really believe in Canadian ma and pa shops. So that's been our model since day one, that we're really trying to help promote the, you know, exactly what I'm trying to do. I really want to help what they're trying to do. So we're, um, we, we do a lot of things for them or whatever they need. And over these five years, what's been a biggest uh, challenge for you? Social media has been a big challenge. Why is that? I'll tell you. Social media is probably one of the biggest challenges we've had because um, we can produce a good product. We can get you the good product. You know, Canada Post is pretty reliable. So that's pretty easy. But social media is actually one of the hardest things to maintain a positive social media presence with all the uh, all the negative stuff online mm -hmm. you know it's it, it can snowball so fast so we um we really really watched and and kept on top of that that's that's probably our biggest struggle with social media to keep keep going on there to have new relevant things so um when we post you're excited and entertained you want to see what's coming out so um yeah that, that's one of the big things and we do uh a big thing we do every year on social media, on, on Facebook and Instagram, is we do 12 days of giveaway for Christmas. 
So last year we gave away like four lodge trips and augers and just amazing stuff. Something like twenty thousand dollars worth of stuff we gave away in in twelve days. That's incredible. So, and, and for a little, we're just a little company, right? We're, you know, we had a phone call one day from a gentleman who says, "I'd love to come down and see your factory." <laughs> and I thought, oh. You will be surprised, my friend. I'd like to see it too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it would take about three seconds. You walk in, and we do everything out of a twenty-six by twenty-eight shop. It's very well organized. So, so that, that was yeah, it's pretty neat. That was the other thing I was going to ask you for such a small operation. Like, is are are these things built by hand, or are they painted by hand, or is it done by machinery, or a bit of no? Both? Every, Every single one is done by hand. We use uh, single pour lead or single pour uh, molds. Um, we so we uh, purify our own lead. We bring it in, you know, two thousand pounds twice a year. We're going through, and that's just our jig head side. Um, so we pour them, we paint them, and do our fancy lines on them, bake them. Everything's done one at a time. No production at all. Same with packaging. It's one at a time. One at a time packaging. And so um, your volume, what, what kind of uh, volume can you create, like in a day or a week? Um, well, that really depends on um, what's going on uh, uh, for how do I – our volume is we can do – so if there's two of us in the shop, we could probably do about 5,000 pieces a day. Holy jeez. Without any, without any issues. Um, that being said, that's the paint side of things. The pour side of things, we can pour about 2,500 a day. So when the shops, like when we get our spring orders in, you know, we're doing, we're doing 10,000 a week, but they're all, that's poured, painted, packaged, ready to go out to the, out to the store onto the shelf sort of within a week. And, and during the summer, do you still continue with the manufacturing? Cause I, w- I would imagine with it being seasonal, the winter time would be your chance to, to build up your stock and, and uh, build them all then and have them ready for spring. Yeah, that's what we thought originally. We, we really thought we'd have sort of two months at the beginning and end of the year um, of, of no work. Right. And it actually turned out it was quite the opposite. It's when people are fishing throughout the winter months, it's really busy because you don't need a boat. You don't need all that stuff to go fishing. Mm-hmm. And, and most people now through ice use a jig and a minnow. That's that's sort of the go-to. Um, when it comes to the summertime, uh, it's our, then we really cater to our, to our, our tournament guys when they um, they're getting ready and uh, we build the tournament stuff. All that two months that we're down when everything's sort of closed and opening up. Well, we're building that whole time too to keep our tournament guys happy and all of our spring orders for all of our stores come in at the same time. So it's actually the our slowest time is our busiest time through the year. That's wild. There's not a day through the year we don't build a jig or paint a jig. Right. Unless I'm on the water. And with there being all these different types of jigs, like I went through your, your website, and I'm amazed that there's so many different kinds. Like, Do you prioritize uh, the different jigs for different purposes? Yeah, so we have a, when we talk to customers, we ask, there's a lot of questions we'll ask. We have sort of a form for a new customer. We want to know you know, where you fish, how you fish, what the water conditions are like, water speed. It, we really get to know the customer because we have about 200 different molds right now. 
and more every week we have more new ones coming in just constantly trying to update and stay on top of the curve right mm -hmm. so when it comes to that we um we really cater to what the fisherman needs as opposed to having to go and just well this one looks like it should work we get to know the customer a little bit better wow that's that's unreal that you you, you do that much research just to to create a jig for a guy <laughs> yeah and our opinion is is uh, I'd rather you bought something and enjoyed it than buy it and think, well, why did I waste my money on it? Because if you, uh, you know, we have so many we have so many customers and fishermen now that say, you know, I've had this jig tied on for two years and I haven't taken it off, and I just think, you know, oh, and and, and everyone says the same thing, you know, it's, well, I haven't caught a fish on anything else. No, because that's all you had tied on. Like, you're correct. That's that's excellent right so we've had um and that goes to, to talk about the durability of our product too is we uh when customers come to us and say you know i don't need any more this spring and i'm like oh right on he says yeah i've, I've used two out of the 30 i ordered i have i just you know we're stocked up still it's it's a testament to what we're doing and what we're really trying to do and the only way that we found to get that kind of knowledge is by listening to the customer, listening to the stores, listening listening to what's going on, and uh, just make tweaks here and there for the quality. Wow, sounds like you really got a good business model. Well, I <laughs> there's nothing that upsets, upsets us more than you go into a store and you have some guy, when you say, I need this, I'm looking for a chainsaw. The guy's never used one in his life, but he's telling you this is the best. I don't like that. So we go quite the opposite, and we uh, we really educate ourselves, and and we learn daily. I've learned more about lake trout fishing in the last year and a half than I have my whole life. It's been uh, it's been a, it, I figure when I stop learning, I should stop doing it because I know it, I I know everything. I, that's never gonna happen. So, so you've been in business for five years. What do you think for the next five years in terms of expansion of the future? Um. Yeah, we're um, we have some we have some big partnerships in plan for the next. I think it'll, it'll it should happen this the twenty twenty one season should happen. So we're just keep rolling where we're just doing what we're doing, and I don't want to get too big. I want to stay. Um, how can I? I want to get big enough that I'm can keep my quality and that I can still go fishing. <laughs> right? I, think, if, I, think that, I think that's a good goal to have. Yeah, I figure if I can't go fishing, why am I doing all the hard work for it? <laughs> That's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it's pretty. We're pretty fortunate though. We've uh, we go to a couple trade shows a year. We don't, and you know, there's only two we go to within the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, it's sure, it's very humbling when people come up to you and, oh, can I shake your hand? I want a picture. And and I'm just like, this is it's it's really really neat and cool that. That we're getting, we're, we're climbing up the ladder from nothing to being, you know, a recognizable voice and an influencer within the fishing fishing industry. And and I also saw that you do custom work. So can you take us through the process? Like, what's it like in uh, in terms of creating a custom jig? Well, a custom jig is whatever your mind can imagine. We can basically make. We do our own milling. We can adjust molds. So it goes back down to that list that we had talked about. You know, we talk about where, when, why, mm -hmm. how, colors, everything. 
we have on our website, we have under custom, you can upload your picture so I can see, you know, that everyone has that jig that their grandfather gave them that's in their box. They'd never want to use because it, you know, so we have, we have ways to look at things now and, uh, and build. And that goes for, um, for, for anything really when it comes to the custom, it's people will sort of take, I want this jig and this jig, but I want this hook, but I need it to be this weight. So I was actually just before I was, we we started talking here I was talking to a gentleman he wants a you know he wants a custom jig he wants an Erie stand up it normally comes with a five aught hook and three quarter but he wants a three aught and he wants a a six inch stinger instead of a four inch stinger and you know these are just things that we because it's made here mm-hmm. we can accommodate we're not reliant on anybody else we're pretty self sufficient. So they really give you a, a set of specific requirements when they create a, a custom order. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is, um, it's very tournament guy. Well, not tournament guys. I should say fishermen in general. Mm-hmm. You'll always go back to what worked last time. And when it quits working, you're going to switch. But you're always going to try what worked. So if it's your go-to jig, you're going to want more. Even though you haven't caught anything on it, it's, that's what people are going to go back to. It's, it's, it's sort of cool to see. Um, and with our tournament stuff, or our custom stuff, I should say. One good thing with us is our custom stuff, we have a big sky vault. So what we do is we have this great big board with all these drawers on it. And uh, as soon as you do a custom order, we put samples of your jigs go inside this, our vault, we call it. And then we will never create that again for somebody else. Like we'll never show somebody, say, well, this is what so-and-so is using. We're very, very protective over that. Oh, wow. Because a lot of these guys, um, they have big money, big money on the line, right? Yeah. So I, uh, it's just a little bit of um, security, right? You know, <laughs> keep things private. Yeah, no, they're very protective, uh, in particular of their, their spots even that they go to, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I wanted to ask you about the colors because there, there's so many different colors. There's single colors, there's double colors, there's deluxe colors, and those have added stripes like... What's the most popular? Like, and, and is it for the different types of fish that they're catching that, that they change? Yeah, our, um, most, of our, most of our jigs, most people are using them for walleye, trout, and pike. But out of those three, walleye is the, the big target species in Canada for jigs. Um, for when it comes to colorant, is we have, if you could name a color, we could, we could make it. Because we actually own a... Uh, powder paint company as well so it comes down to we have thousands and thousands of shades and tones and colors and uh, you name it we can do it basically now so when it comes down to the most popular is always our deluxe stuff our deluxe ultraminos our deluxe walleye jigs and we have a jig it's called the perch baby it's a three eighths ounce jig with a heavy gauge hook in it it is our number one hook Across Canada, hands down, every day it's going out the door constantly. And people don't order one of those; they'll order five or ten of those and one of everything else because it, it's just a go-to jig now. And the, so the deluxe is most popular. Is that because they catch more fish on that one? Is it as simple it, as that? Yeah, it's uh, they're so they're done all in glow paint. So it's our kryptonite glow, which is very unique to us. So our kryptonite glow is is mixed in house and. Um, it's just it's super super bright. So if you're in muddy water, murky water, 
right? Or if the fish are just being a little lethargic and need that that little extra oomph, it works. Re- they work really, really well. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us for uh, today, Dan. That was uh, very informative, and I hope our uh, viewers got a kick out of that. Yeah, any questions, you know, we're always here to answer. All right, perfect. And coming up next, we have Mr. Paul Eche from Timmins. Stay with us. And now a word from our sponsors. Albert Sports and Workwear has been a family-owned business for over 60 years. Our team excels in customer service and will help you during the COVID-19 pandemic. Our store is closed, but we are still available online or by phone with reduced hours for free delivery and curbside pickup. Send us a message through Facebook and we will happily send you photos or arrange a video chat with one of our staff to get you what you need. Your outdoor store at 822 Riverside Drive in Timmins. A proud sponsor of Fish On. Right, and welcome back. Here we go to another episode of Fish on the Podcast, episode four. Paul, how's the week been for you? So far, Aaron, everything's great. Though the weather is breaking here in northern Ontario, the sun is shining. A little bit of a cool spell, but next week is our anticipated May long weekend. Uh, you know, get the cottage ready and as much as we can during this pandemic. And you know, but we're at least outside. We're doing uh, yard work, raking leaves and uh, pruning gardens. So we're getting ready for the the summer season. And and Doug Ford gave us some good news this week. I think uh, Doug Ford, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes, right? He's under a tremendous amount of pressure. Uh, You get pressure from the medical professionals. You're getting pressure from the taxpayers. You're getting pressure from the business owners. Uh, There's a lot of stuff happening. And I mean, as best we can do is support him and support his decisions and listen to our healthcare professionals. Yeah, I and I think he's I think he's doing it right. I think uh, he is doing it slow and he's telling people, look, you can go. You take your own food, you take your own supplies, and I don't want to hear or see anything from you. <laughs> Get up there and hide. And that that's the thing, right? And I think we talked about that before, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, especially in northern Ontario, we are remote anyway. It is the same region. Don't anticipate any issues. I just, I feel for those campgrounds because there are a lot of campgrounds here. There are a lot of provincial parks where people want to get to a remote northern area and experience the great outdoors. And that's what we haven't heard yet. So that's, that's going to be the interesting part. Who knows? There's still, you know, a week and a half before the Victoria Day long weekend that maybe there are going to be further restrictions lifted to allow people to enjoy the beautiful northern Ontario outdoors. All right. Um, so the first half of the show, we had uh, we spoke to Dan Davies from uh, Big Sky Flies and Jigs. Um, so how did you find out about Big Sky? Well, listen, Dan, I mean, we heard his interview. He's been doing this for about five years, you know, and what better uh, inspirational story than to have a person that was laid off of work and basically was given an ultimatum. Right. You either get back to work or you follow your passion and your dream. And that's what I heard in that interview is Dan Davies basically sat down there and, you know, got all these ideas together and says, you know what, I'm going to start making jigs. And I think he said a lot of flies were his first uh, option to go in. And, you know, I got to tell you that probably in the past three years, I am fortunate enough to have friends in northern Ontario that actually own 
tackle retail stores. So basically, when there's a new product that comes out in these stores, uh, you know, I get a call from Kenny at Alberts and Kenny says, hey, Paul, come check out this new stuff here. What do you think? Should we try it out? Should we do something? So, you know, when you really firsthand looking at the quality of that jig, and my first option is that's what I told Kenny. He said, listen, Kenny, I said, very nice, looks really good but we got to put it to the test, right? We really got to use that jig and make sure that it's a product that we're looking at. And I, I get to use a lot of products and uh, I really support the products that I that do well for me as well. Um, and a jig, you know, a jig is so versatile, used everywhere. You could have it on your line all the time. So you want a product, if you're going to pay the money, you're going to want a product that is good. Wow, so, so tell me a bit about the jig and how often you use it. So, Aaron, I'm just going to go back a little bit here because I missed, you know, about uh, Dan Davies and Big Sky Flies and Jigs, right? So, essentially, you know, I did say that um, Kenny and Sebastian Lizette also. Sebastian was probably one of the first anglers that I know that started using the Big Sky Jigs consistently and all the time. I mean, jig makers, there's a lot of them. There are jigs everywhere. And uh, Sebastian was really in tune with the big sky flies and jigs. So we basically, uh, you'll remember, Aaron, you were on that show when we went to Fushimi and Hearst uh, is when uh, Sebastian actually and Kenny gave us all of those jigs from big sky says, here, you guys are going to Hearst, use these jigs. So that is an area that I really started using it consistently. And, you know, Dan that made the connection with Kenny and that's how I just kind of got involved is that we use the jigs in, in Fushimi. So that is the area that, you know, I started, um, you know, kind of reaching out to Dan and talking to him about his jigs. And then, you know, from there it just flourished. Yeah, last year was a good season for me. Like I beat four times my personal best, uh, uh, four fish over 30 inch. The biggest one was 31 and a half, so close to 12 pounds. And I was pretty happy with that. And we should say too, that Sebastian also won in Geraldton, right? Sebastian was the first Northern Ontario Walleye Trail Championship event winner in Geraldton. And I can almost assure you <laughs> that he was probably using a big sky jig at one point. Yeah, exactly. So um, is there a difference between a, a jig and using live bait? Because I know I've, I've watched you use minnows and leeches. So what's the difference and, and why would you change it up? Well, I think, Aaron, that's, that's a really good question because a jig is actually the probably the best piece of tackle for you to rig live bait. That's essentially what it's made for, is for you to rig the live bait, the minnow, the leech, the, the, the worm on the jig. So a jig is essentially a lead ball, and you see there's all kinds of shapes, forms, and sizes with a, uh, a hook on the end. Now you can get long shank hooks. If you're gonna use, so I'll give you a little example. I use a long shank hook jig in the spring. In the spring and the fall, I'm using big bait. We're talking five inch sucker minnows. And so I want more hook to be behind that minnow. So I use a jig that has a longer shank hook where I can get a lot of the minnow on that jig. So when the walleye come to strike, they get the hook in their mouth. So, and that, that is what the key part, part is about jigs is that the quality of the hook for me is important as well. So, you know, you can get a lot of jigs and sometimes there is a place for a lower strength hook. If I'm fishing a lot of cover where I get snagged almost every cast, 
instead of having to break off the jig and tie my line, I actually prefer uh, a, a hook that is less strong where the hook will actually bend a little bit for me to get those snags out and, and be able to be quicker in the water. Now, that being said, that decreases your chance of big walleye as well, because if you have a softer hook, you're going to lose a lot of fish as well. So there's there's a jig for every place that you need it and whatever type of fishing you're doing. So there's a lot to uh, consider when using these. Uh, jigs, I mean, when you start considering all of the, you know, long shank hooks, short shank hooks, strength of the hook, I'm a big believer in color of the hook. All of my jigs have red hooks. I'm a true believer that I want to use a red hook. So when I custom make jigs or get them custom ordered, I order with red hooks. Uh, and that being said, again, I, so as a jig maker and as an angler like me, a tournament angler that wants to order jigs, you got to have the stock for what the angler wants. And that's what you want to try to cater to. So I'll submit an order where it has short shank hooks, softer hooks, and I'll submit an order that has longer, strong hooks for the different conditions that I fish. And so this is what Dan talked about in our interview uh, about anglers uh, creating these custom uh, jigs. Is that something you do as well? Custom jigs, Aaron, I can tell you as a tournament angler, it's uh, something that is sought after. If you can get a good partnership developed with a good company uh, to create your jigs, and I think I heard Dan Davies call that on his custom colors, we tweak things around. We try different things and try different colors. And when there's a pattern that works, you want to try to keep that to yourself. So like Dan says, I can call Dan, I can order my custom colors. He does not sell that to anybody else. That's my custom color. If he didn't think about it, that it's not part of his retail arsenal, he's going to keep that a secret. He's going to keep it there so he knows those are Paul's colors. That's what he's trying out. Let's keep them there. Let's not sell them to anybody else. So when it comes to custom jigs, the very important part as a tournament angler, and I'll explain to you how quick this goes. We sometimes are out practicing on the water and for three, four days before a tournament. Right, the pre-fishing. The pre-fishing. If on the first day I am smacking fish on a specific color of jig, I'm going to look in my arsenal. I'm going to take a look in my tackle and say, okay, what do I have this? Do I have enough here for this tournament? And when I don't have enough, that is when we're scrambling. That is when a guy like Dan Davies, we call him up and say, hey, Dan, listen, this is my fire tiger, uh, stand up, long shank, uh, whatever hook. Do you have any? I need them shipped here. I need them here. And he'll. this is where the important part is. He'll either find a retailer, they may have some in stock, and that's where I, I, I'd pay to get it shipped here as fast as I can. If that is something that's working, that's going to help me put more fish in a boat during a tournament. And that being said, Aaron, like that's the things that you try. So it could be a couple of weeks before a tournament and I'm out fishing and I'm trying a purple jig. Jeez, I'd like to have this purple jig in a little longer hook. It's working. The fish are going for it. I can call up a jig manufacturer and say, listen, can you put maybe a little bit extra weight on your quarter ounce jig or, or, you know, move that mold. Let me see what you have in a mold. Move it a little bit back. That's where you can customize it. If I'm using a leech, I may want a bait keeper on it. If I'm using a minnow, I may want something else. I want a spot to put a trailer hook. So on a lot of Dan Davies jigs, he'll have a little extra stuff on his jigs where sometimes you can put a little flasher on it. And I think you saw those jigs on the pictures of his website. Some jigs, we put a little flasher. If that's what the fish want on the day, 
that's what you're going to put on. And if your jigs are ordered with that ability to just quickly do that, again, that's going to help your success of catching fish. Well, Dan must have this this wealth of information from all these anglers uh, across the world uh, about you know, where they're fishing, what are they fishing for, and, and what actually attracts the fish. So, like, uh, this is amazing to me, but how, like, for a jig, would you change it in spring, summer, and fall? Does that make a difference? You know, that's that's the part about a jig, and that's why these manufacturers are so important, because a jig, you use it in every season, Aaron. Most of my wintertime fishing when I fish through the ice, that is all I'm using really? is a jig. Oh. If I'm fishing in the spring, first spring condition, water warms up, I'm pitching a jig. As the summer moves along, I'll move out of the jig. I'll start using different tackle because the fish will move a little bit deeper and it's hard to fish. You know, you can do it. You do fish jigs as deep as you want. But mostly we try different things to attract the fish that are a little bit more lethargic through the summer months. And what we do, I can tell you, is that you're always going to have that rod in the boat that has a jig. So when the bite gets tough, you are going to start looking for your jig. Because a jig could be fished finesse, it could be fished slow, it could be fished fast, it could be fished in any type of condition that is probably the go-to bait for many anglers when fish get finicky. Now you talked about... um the color of the hook being red. What, what about actual colors of the jig itself? Uh, I mean, you've got to have the colors that mimic, I guess, the bait that the walleye would eat, right? So it would have to be uh, very much like a fish. But I mean, these colors, they're neon, they're, they're, they're all over the place. So like, like, does it make a difference? Color of a jig, Aaron, some people will say no, and, and, and some people will really figure out the science behind it. Mm-hmm. And as an angler, if you start researching... Uh, the refraction of light in the water column, uh, that's where I think colors play the big importance, right? So as the light gets, uh, and water clarity. So if you have muddy water, you might have different colors. If you have clear water, you're going to use different colors. Uh, If you have stained water, it's different. If you're fishing deeper than shallower, that's where the colors make a difference because the light that penetrates in the water changes that actual jig color for the fish to see so that's why it's very important for an angler in my experience is if you're stuck on a chartreuse jig change it up go to white go to blue go to orange that's where you'll know the conditions that you're fishing the color that may help you target that bite because the walleye might just see uh, a, a dark blue color coming by them where they wouldn't see a chartreuse color well, I remember what that one episode we did where um, I think one of the walleye had still had like a little crayfish in its mouth, right? And so there was the, you could make the thing, oh, okay, that's what they're eating. Let's get a jig that matches that, right? Because that's what they're feeding yeah. on. That's, yeah, that's some, that's your bait. If you could have a bait that matches, we call that match the hatch, right? right? Whatever they're eating and that's what we want them to do. And that's what the key part about a jig is because, you know, we talked about walleye jigs and color painted jigs and all, but jigs are also important for bass fishing. I mean, we have, and colors are not as important, but there are jigs that are, we call tube jigs. And you saw that Aaron, when we go for bass, we actually get this regular jig 
that we slide a tube on top of and then we have that that's what mimics the crayfish for bass so again jigs are, are so versatile and using multi-species of angling and multi-weights i mean i remember a technique that we did a lot of years ago where it was artificial bait on the jig and that again uh, is still works to this day especially in the spring if you put a regular mr twister uh grub on the the end of a jig sometimes it's just as efficient as a minnow so the important part about a jig is that you can fish it with artificial bait you could fish it with live bait you could fish it with leeches worms sucker minnows it doesn't matter so that's why it's important to have these jigs and and the manufacturers that make them and for me what better place than to buy them in canada i don't i'm fascinated with all this information i think uh i've come to understand that a fisherman is really a uh, an amateur scientist <laughs> <laughs> and again aaron that that's a difference right you don't always have to be a scientist but when you go out and you love you have that passion for fishing and you need to get that advantage in a tournament to beat everybody and, and that hasn't happened to me yet let me tell you I do a lot of research. I do look at the science behind it. I try to put things together, but I haven't won a tournament yet. So it, it's, you know, you got to have the, not only do you have to have the research and the science, you also got to have the experience and the time on the water. So, you know, the more time you spend on the water, the more time you do research and the more time you actually call these jig manufacturers and tell them what you're looking for, the better they can service you and the more fish you're going to catch. Yeah, I had no idea that you could actually customize these things. I mean, you see them in the stores. I just figured you go in and you pick the color you want and that's it. But there's a lot that goes into this. And you know, the funny part, Aaron, is that if somebody lets out a little secret during a tournament, <laughs> I can tell you that a lot of anglers are scrambling to get that bait. Uh, I'll, Craig Salmonson, jig fisherman extraordinaire. Craig must be the, the best jig fisherman I know has won significant amount of tournaments on the simple jig. He's going to do a seminar for us on just the pure jig. And I can tell you if Craig were to call me and say, hey, Paul, it's, it's the color red quarter ounce long shank hook. And if I go to my tackle and I don't have that, oh boy, am I, I'm struggling. I'm trying to call everybody shape or form to find that just to see if it's going to give me the success as well. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's a wrap on episode four. Um, let's just tell everybody that you can get these jigs at uh, Albert's, of course, in Timmins, right? Albert's Sports and Workwear in Timmins. You can get them at Typer's Bait in Hearst if you're a little bit further north. Uh, they stock them and they stock quite a bit of them. And, uh, you know, the, the, they are good jigs. And I think, Aaron, I'm just going to add a little comment here that the reason I like the Big Sky jig is I've put them through the test. And I'll give you a little example of that is that I fish a lot of conditions. It's wood and if it's rock. And when you're bouncing that lead-headed jig off the bottom, a very rocky bottom, and you're letting it go on the rock and coming up, and if I pull up the jig and the paint's all chipped off, I'm not going to be happy. I've done that. I've tested that with the big sky flies and jigs. Whatever their formula is for this jig, they've got it down pat because I've bounced them off rocks and I've throw them on a rock shoreline where, you know, just a little bit of an overcast and path that jig hits a rock wall and oops, but you come back and you know that that jig, you can still use it again. And that's the important part is to make jigs and make them well so they can last for the conditions that we have. Yeah. Dan, uh, when, when I was talking to him, uh, you know, he, he's really passionate about it and he really, Make sure that they're they're top quality that uh, goes into his product, and he and he stands behind it. 
That's exactly it. And that's why it's important for us, especially tournament anglers, to have that connection with your manufacturer uh, that you know it's quality stuff. All right. And that's a wrap for Episode 4. We'll see you next week. Until next time, stay safe and listen to Fish On, the podcast.